a place for Patrick. He thought the beginning of 2017 would be the start of a good year. The year his life would take a change for the better. But the fact was, it'd never be better with someone who is all over the place and consumed by anger. His home wasn't his own, and there wasn't any peace within its walls. So he'd came to the little coffee shop to try to find a slice of peace and apple pie, too. A waitress named Anita brought him the slice of apple pie and a refill of coffee. Everything all right? Yes, thank you, he had said. But it wasn't. She smiled and went to the next table with her container of Juan Valdez. Patrick added creamer to his cup of Columbia's best. It clouded his coffee as he stirred the cream in. He was surrounded by people, yet alone. At home, he'd be with her in similar fashion. There could be nothing more because of her instability and ever-changing moods would not allow it. All he could expect was more unexpected behavior. His soul was aged by childhood events long before her and seasoned by life's hand early on like gumbo simmering in one big pot. He felt envious of the okra, a duly sausage, onion, alligator, and gumbo filet because of their harmony. He paid his ticket and was about to place Anita's tip on the table. He thought of her momentarily. She was around his own age, with a kind smile and friendly voice, and her hands were well manicured, yet he wondered what madness lurked behind closed doors. Would those eyes fill with uncontrollable rage at the drop of a hat? Would that voice yell, belittle, and tear him down? Could those manicured hands strangle him and bruise his neck? or be swung with such force over and over again until all he could do was put his hands over his head and painfully wait for it to be over? Would she cry for hours and be suicidal? He flinched, almost dropping the change on the table. He looked up at the waitress, expecting to see the hot pot of Juan Valdez thrown at him. He fought back the urge to run out of the diner and told himself to remain calm. He felt that all-too-familiar tightening in his chest. He reached for a small bottle of baby aspirin in his pocket. He'd take one after getting outside in the sun. After taking baby aspirin, fresh air, 
and a moment of feeling the warmth of the sun on his face, he felt better. He became aware of a tapping sound on the window and looked up. Anita was at the window waving at him. He didn't know why she'd do that. Without waving back, he simply turned and walked away. There'd be no coming back to this establishment for Java or apple pie. His next stop was at the grocery store. He stopped at a kiosk to pay a utility bill. At customer service, the lady was returning a pair of shoes because they were the wrong color. He wondered why she, why she had purchased them in the first place. His wife was like that, too. She'd spend hours shopping and then a few days later want to take most of it back. It was a monthly occurrence and time taker, much like flying the Tabasco-colored flag during Leak Week. This was especially true if she'd shopped at more than one store. How many hours of his life had he lost during the last decade waiting in customer service lines? He didn't know the exact number, but an educated guess would consist of his flying to Sydney, Australia from New York round trip twice at 434 knots and adding 15 minutes for four takeoffs and landings, an estimated 81 hours and 8 minutes. At least then there'd have been something to see. Maybe have some shrimp on the barbie or a Vegemite sandwich. He'd also have some airplane liquor he could use as Christmas stocking stuffers. He finished processing his utility payment faster than the woman haggling over shoes while now missing a needed receipt, yet still arguing and wanting to speak to a manager. He pulled out his shopping list while making his way to the bread aisle. He passed female shoppers and flat out ignored them. He was aware of them, and that was as far as it went. He made his way through the store in 15 minutes and picked up a gallon of milk last because you always save getting cold items until the end of the trip. On the way home, he listened to jazz because that gave him peace. At the driveway, he pulled in. He tried to gather what strength he could because he'd need it. While the outside of his home fit in appearance, the inside did not resemble his former life of peace and order. Now it was simply that of a disorganized person with a thought process all over the place, and one who remained incapable of maintaining daily tasks. To that end, he had no, pla he had no place of his own. He felt more comfort at work, the library, the grocery store, and usually the coffee shop, 
as long as he ignored the female species. At the door, he quietly inserted the key. When he turned it, his life would be filled with some new and unfolding drama. Few people live like this, he thought. Sadness washed over him. He was 46 years old and worn out by an unquenchable anger she possessed. She simply lacked the ability to cope, and he understood that, yet it was ripping his life apart. Patrick turned the doorknob and started to cry. Hello, this is Mitchell. I hope you've enjoyed A Place for Patrick. And uh, thank you for listening. And remember, listener support is always appreciated. Thank you so much. Bye.